You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Have you noticed humans always have a tendency to, as we put it, kick the can down the street, patch the holes with some paper rather than tearing down the wall and rebuilding something new? If we can put it off, we usually do. Tomorrow, that's Pharaoh's answer. Tomorrow, really, Somebody as educated and royal as Pharaoh, when presented with the choice, when do you want respite from the hordes of frogs that are plaguing your land? His answer is tomorrow. Why would Pharaoh say tomorrow instead of saying now? We could ask ourselves that same question about a lot of different things. Some say that the nation with the greatest amount of people is China. But I say this morning, the nation with the most amount of people is procrastination. See what I did there? In fact, I would go even further to say that every one of you, oh, there she, Miss Miranda got it. We need to wait about 15 minutes now. So I would go as far as to say each one of you precious people have a, have a card of citizenship to procrastination. And one of these days we'll have a meeting with all of us, but not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Somebody said this, procrastination is the assassination of motivation. Picture what is happening here. I want you to truly put yourself in this position. We read the Bible like it's a fairy tale. This actually happened. The Israelites are living in Egypt, and they've grown to the point where Pharaoh is now afraid of them. There's so many of them, from what we understand, when they, when they leave, there's 600,000 men, soldiers. So there's got to be much more than that. So Pharaoh is thinking they could possibly revolt. They could possibly, if we get invaded, what if they join the other side, we need to deal with them. So he starts killing their baby boys. By the way, that's always been what the devil does. He kills children. He did it in Egypt. He did it in Bethlehem. He's doing it today. He begins killing the baby boys, and he enslaves them under hard bondage. Now, with this new multitude of slaves, he's able to get a lot done. The, the Hebrew slaves are building Pharaoh, not monuments, not buildings, cities. He's having cities being built with free slave labor. But now, this God named Jehovah has come on the scene. Through this man named Aaron and, and Moses... And this God named Jehovah is beginning to intervene, supposedly, because Pharaoh has a hard time believing in this God named Jehovah. In fact, his first question was, who is the Lord that I should listen to him? I know not the Lord, neither will I let the people go. So he has a hard time believing that Jehovah is actually working and warning him through Moses. Sure, Aaron's rod turned to a snake, but his magicians were able to do the same thing. Sure, the Nile turned to blood. 
for, uh, for several days, but all they had to do was dig around the river and find some other water. So when Moses comes along and offers, as Brother Rusty pointed out, the choice to Pharaoh, it's your choice, Pharaoh. If, if you refuse to let the people go, frogs are going to come upon the land. They're going to cover the land. They're going to be everywhere. When he is presented with that choice, he says, no, I'm not going to let the people go. I do refuse to let the people go. And within a matter of minutes, the land is covered in slimy, these aren't toads, these are frogs. Those are slimy, stinky, croaking, hopping, innumerable, uncontrollable frogs. Ladies, they're in the house. They're in your oven. They're in where you make your meals, in the kneading troughs. They are there. If you missed one and you go to cut open the loaf, they're under the covers. They're in the drawers. They're in the closet. To put it simply, verse 6 says, they covered the land. God uses simple language. They're everywhere. You can't step without stepping on a frog. You can't sit without sitting on a frog. You can't talk without yelling over the frogs. Little kids are screaming. Girls were still the same back then as they are today. They're screaming. Ladies and men alike are disgusted. Now, I see the men in here and what you're thinking. Kill them! But wait, you can't kill them. Frogs are sacred in Egypt. Yeah. They had gods based off of frogs in Egypt. Archaeologists have found embalmed frogs in tombs in Egypt. Frogs are sacred. You can't kill them. But now these sacred animals are so innumerable, they're bringing Egypt, they're even bringing Pharaoh to his breaking point. Psalm 78 says the Lord sent frogs which destroyed them. That's how the Lord describes it in Psalm 78. Now, the Bible is silent as to how long they were there. But at some point, the same Pharaoh who brought this upon himself gets to the point where he calls for Moses. Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people. Why? And I will let the people go. That they may do sacrifice unto the Lord. What is Pharaoh saying? I am resolved to obey what the Lord told me to do. I am resolved to do what God commanded me to do. And Moses asks him, when? It's your choice again, Pharaoh. You had the choice in verse 1 or 2, verse 2. You had the choice again. Moses says, glory over me. I am to you as if I were your servant. You tell me, when do you want the frogs to be destroyed so that you can do what the Lord told you to do and let the people go. You have told me that you are resolved to obey what God has said. When are you going to do it? And Pharaoh says, tomorrow. Maybe he didn't want to let the people go just yet. Maybe he didn't want to obey just yet. Maybe he didn't want to give up his will just yet. One more night with the frogs won't be that bad. And I can imagine Moses chuckling and shaking his head. And saying, <laughs> 
be it according to thy word, that thou mayest know that there is none like unto the Lord our God. How foolish to say tomorrow, when he could have had deliverance, when he could have obeyed, now. But how often are we guilty of the same spiritual procrastination? Tell me, if your house was on fire, would you call the fire department tomorrow? If you were drowning, would you tell the Coast Guard or the lifeguard, mm, come back tomorrow? And yet, when God Almighty knocks on the door of your heart, we tell him, come back tomorrow? And you may truly mean it. You may truly mean, Lord, I promise tomorrow I will answer the door. Or next week I'll answer the door. Lord, tomorrow I'll, I'll, I'll forgive that person. Some of you are living your entire life in bitterness. You have one life to live, and you're going to live it in bitterness. I would say 99 times out of 100 the t the, of the times that I talk to somebody who will not forgive somebody else and has this bitterness in their mind, when I talk to the other person that they are bitter at, they have no idea what's going on. I didn't know I hurt them, or, frankly, they don't care. So you are going to live the rest of your life in bitterness to get back at them. Doesn't work that way. And the Lord tells you, you are handicapping your life. You need to forgive them and you need to move on. No, the, the relationship may never be restored because maybe they don't come back and say, forgive me and I'm sorry. So maybe you don't forgive them for their sake, but maybe you forgive them for yours and for the Lord's sake so that you can move on. But you keep on saying, Lord, tomorrow. Lord, tomorrow I'll get right. Tomorrow I'll take that next step of faith. You know what it is. You know what it is. Just keep putting it off. Tomorrow I'll restore that relationship. No, maybe you're not bitter at the person, but you're wrong with the person. I've heard Christians say, I don't talk to that person. Why? I just don't like them. Fantastic. Herein shall the world know that ye are my disciples when ye love one another. Tomorrow I'll show love to that person. Not today. I'm busy today. Withhold not good to, him, to whom it is due when it is the power of thy hand to do it. Tomorrow I'll share the gospel. Not today. Tomorrow I'll submit to your will. Not today. If you're in here this morning and you don't know, you don't know that you're saved, you're telling the Lord tomorrow? Tomorrow I'll get saved. Tomorrow I'll trust in you. Today I'm going to trust in myself just a little bit more. Tomorrow? Really? That's our answer. That's our answer to the Lord tomorrow? So I want to present you with four questions this morning. And I am praying that these questions are going to help us see the foolishness of telling God tomorrow instead of saying today. And if by the end of this message, in any area, somebody says, Lord, today... Today I'm going to do it. Rather than tomorrow, it's going to be the Lord that has spoken to your heart, not me. Open your heart to the Lord and let him speak to you. Question number one, are you guaranteed tomorrow? Death is fresh on our minds and on our hearts right now. Are you guaranteed tomorrow? Are you guaranteed a deathbed? Are you guaranteed a parting moment? To have your, your mental capacities in such a way where you can make a decision right before you go into eternity? Are you guaranteed that? 
teenager, you're not invincible. Young, young man, who, whatever, I, I don't know how to, my age. You're not mortal. Ladies, eternity could be a breath away. Sir, ma'am, who, who, everybody in here, forget about being guaranteed tomorrow. You're not even guaranteed the next minute. What are your plans for tomorrow? You have plans already. What are your goals for the week? What are you having for lunch this afternoon? One mistake on the drive home. That's it. One clot in your blood. One slip on the stairs. Everything could change. Oh, stop it. Stop trying to scare us. That's not going to happen to us. And that's the problem. That's the issue. That's what makes us say tomorrow. Proverbs 27.1, boast not thyself of tomorrow. Thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. James 4.14, go to now ye that say, today or tomorrow we'll go into such a city and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Vapor is fleeting, vapor is fragile. Vapor looks solid, but when you go to grab it, as soon as you think you have a hold on life, slips through your fingers. Now, I am not saying to live your life as what if. You're going to cower in the middle of your bed. But what if? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying live your life saying could be. Could be. Don't be asking what if. Say could be. Asking what if is going to paralyze you in fear. Saying could be it's going to allow you to move forward, but you're going to move forward with purpose. I am going to live for the Lord today because it could be that this is my last day to do so. I'm going to make that decision. I'm going to get it right. I'm going to let go of that bitterness. I'm going to take that next step of faith because it could be that this is the last time the Lord speaks to me about it. Question number two. Doesn't tomorrow mean another day of sin and sorrow today? So question number one, are you guaranteed tomorrow? Question two, doesn't tomorrow mean another day of sin and sorrow today? How well do you think Pharaoh slept that night? If the frogs didn't keep him up, his wife sure did. Beaten on him. Why did you say tomorrow? How much more damage... How much more damage do you think those frogs did overnight that could have been avoided? But instead of doing what he knew what he was supposed to do today, for some inexplicable reason, he says tomorrow. Somebody said this, every day of delay brings a day more to repent of and a day less to repent in. In postponing our obedience, we're postponing our own happiness and our own blessing. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is going to be a little inconvenient. To him it might bring trouble. 
To him it is sin. And as ridiculous as it was for Pharaoh to choose one more night with the frogs, it's just as ridiculous for us to hear God knocking at the door and saying, come back tomorrow. That is one more night in your sin, sir. That's one more night in your sin, ma'am. One more night, teenager. How have you been sleeping? How much more damage is sin doing with every single night that you say tomorrow? Some of you are partaking in sin today that you would have been disgusted with a year ago. You never would have thought, but that's what sin does. It lures you in with the hook and reels you farther than you want to go and costs you a lot more than you want to pay. And it's chewing you up and spitting you out. Because you realize even though it's pleasurable, it's not your friend. And Satan will give you whatever, he, whatever you want so that he can get his claws into you. And it's written all over your face. It's written all over your face. I see it right now. My preacher used to tell me, I can tell by looking at eyes what's going on in the heart. And I would say, I can tell. It's written all over your face. You don't smile. You don't sing. You don't fellowship. And even now, even now, when God is knocking on your heart and he says, let me in. Turn back to me. I'll mend you. I'll forgive you. I'll make it better than it was before. Do you believe that? I'll make it better than it was before. You look back at him and you say, tomorrow. From teenagers all the way to senior saints, there are people living their lives in sin and sorrow today because we keep telling the Lord tomorrow. Are you guaranteed tomorrow? And doesn't tomorrow mean another day of sin and sorrow and damage? Number three, even if tomorrow comes, what if you are more hard-hearted tomorrow than you are today? If you resolve to repent in a year's time, Charles Spurgeon said this. If you resolve to repent in a year's time, what is that but a blatant defiance of God? You are declaring to God, I will continue in my sin for another 12 months at least. Now, what could that sin be? Could it be lust? Yes, it could. Could it be lying? Yes, it could. Could it be bitterness or gossip or drugs or smoking or neglect or disobedience? Could it simply be doubt? Yes, it is. Could it be withholding? To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. It could be anything. Let me ask you a question. Is it a sin to commit adultery? Say it back to me. Yes? Is it a sin to commit murder? Is it a sin to commit a lie? Is it a sin to commit a robbery? It is just as much a sin to, to omit showing love to somebody else when you know you're supposed to do it. It is just as much a sin to admit forgiveness when you know you're supposed to forgive. It is just as much a sin to omit soul winning when you know you're supposed to go soul winning. 
It is just as much a sin to omit tithing or speaking the truth or submitting to God's will or following God's word if you know that is what you're supposed to do. And by the way, that's what you're supposed to do. When you say tomorrow, you're telling God, I'm going to keep sinning for one more day. That's why, parents, I don't, I don't agree in this whole to your children. Oh, you better shape up. I'm counting to three. You know what you're telling that child? You have two more seconds to disobey. Tell your children, I'm counting to three. By the time I get to one, you better stop. But we tell the Lord, tomorrow, one more day in my sin. But don't you think with each day that passes in sin, you are going to be worse off and less likely to yield yourself to God. You know, the frogs did eventually go away. They did. They eventually went away. They gathered them in heaps. The land stank. And that's what sin does. You think you have sin hidden? Maybe people can't see it. You can always smell it. The land stank, but it was quiet again. Kids aren't screaming anymore. The wife is leaving me alone. I at least got him out of the bedchamber. I don't have to worry about making bread anymore with frog jam in it. Verse 15, when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, he hardened his heart and hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. Tomorrow's here, Pharaoh. Are you going to do what you said? Are you going to obey? Are you going to get right? Are you going to do what you were resolved to do yesterday? No. The plague of lice is sent. Look in chapter 8, verse 19. Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Plague of flies is sent. Look at verse 32 of chapter 8. And Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also. The plague of moraine is sent. Look in chapter 9, verse 7. And the heart of Pharaoh was hardened. Plague of boils is sent. And when Pharaoh shows a pattern of hardening his heart. Guess what the Lord steps in and does in chapter 9, verse 12? I'll harden your heart now. You've shown a pattern of not listening. I'm going to stop talking. You keep telling me tomorrow, I won't come back tomorrow. All the way through until he and his entire army are drowned in the Red Sea, even if Pharaoh was wearing a life vest his heart of stone would have sunk him right to the bottom. And how many times have we told God tomorrow, but when tomorrow came, you find a new reason to say tomorrow. Are you having fun? Tomorrow turns into weeks, into months, and into years, and here we are. Never being able to live for today because we keep telling him tomorrow. But you're here this morning. And is God not speaking to you about something? That you have been telling him tomorrow about for a lot longer than since yesterday. Do you remember my questions? Are you guaranteed tomorrow? Doesn't tomorrow mean 
another day of sin and sorrow today? Even if tomorrow comes, don't you think you might be even more hard-hearted than you were today? So question four, why not today? Pharaoh, why, why tomorrow? Why not today? Now, people have tried to explain why they believe he said tomorrow. Perhaps he was hoping the frogs would go away on their own. Perhaps he was simply wanting to be defiant and proud. How about this one? Perhaps he thought, these are too many frogs to be dealt with immediately. God's going to need more time. The bottom line is, no matter what his reasoning was, it wouldn't have justified making such a foolish decision. So what about you? When you say tomorrow, instead of saying today, perhaps you say, Lord, tomorrow I'll obey. I just have a lot of other things to do today. Tomorrow I'll start reading my Bible. I've gotten away from it. I'll do it tomorrow. Lord, tomorrow I'll surrender to your will. Today, one last day to live for myself. I'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll get right with my parents. Not today. Tomorrow I'll take that step of faith. Today I just have so many questions about it. I don't, there are too many questions. Maybe one more day I'll get more answers about this step of faith. Tell you what, Lord, you give me the answers and I'll take it. Tomorrow I'll get right with God. But I have things planned today and getting right would intervene. Tomorrow I'll mend that relationship. Not today. I'm not in the mood today. You ever said that? See that person that you know you need to get right with? Not in the mood today. <laughs> You're not going to be in the mood tomorrow. I am amazed. I am amazed at how many people choose to build their life off rock bottom rather than build their life off of Jesus Christ. You could build your life off of Jesus Christ today, but you're going to wait until you hit rock bottom. Now, because of God's grace, rock bottom, it is a foundation. But how many wasted days? How many broken hearts? How many songs will pass by where you can't sing them? How many church services will go by and you're just going to sit there? Because you keep telling the Lord tomorrow. And I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem is there are some people who are just not saved. I am not one into talking somebody out of their salvation. And if you are saved, I won't be able to. I won't be able to talk you out of your salvation. Your faith will be strong. But there are people who are living their life in sin 
and struggle and sorrow and ignoring the preacher and ignoring God's word and ignoring their godly authority and ignoring everything that God says. Because God isn't in their heart. And he is knocking. Let me in today. And you say tomorrow? Because you're too prideful? What is the rest of the church going to think? We will rejoice with you. I'm not going to hell for anybody. I'm not going to spend one moment in hell for anybody. That might be a hard pill to swallow. I, I, how many of you can't swallow pills, no matter how small they are? You have to do the whole, throw it through the back of the throat and then, you know, the, the whole mouthful, and yet somehow it stays in there. It's a hard, pride is a hard pill to swallow. It's, it's, not a, it's not a Claritin, okay? It's a horse pill. But you're going to hold on to that and spend eternity in hell. doesn't make sense. No matter what the reason is, it doesn't make sense because God works today. God leads today. He helps today. He speaks today. He corrects today. He hears today. He saves today. When God knocks on your heart's door, he's saying, I want to do work now. Man says tomorrow. God's grace is infinite. His mercy is infinite. You could drink for the rest of your life and it will never run dry, but it is not subject to your timeline. When we keep on saying, Lord, bring your grace tomorrow, bring your mercy tomorrow, I'm going to have my pride and my sin one more day because I want to prove a point. One day you're going to realize he didn't knock today. A preacher said this, it's not that a man resolves to be condemned today. It's that he resolves to be saved tomorrow. It's not that we're going to reject Christ forever. We're just going to reject him today. Someone take care of that dog. Hey, when there's distraction going around, it's because the devil doesn't like what's being said. May I remind you of something? If you miss Christ by one second, you've missed him for eternity. And eternity is a long time to be wrong. So will you tell him tomorrow? I am talking about salvation. You shall know them by their fruits. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, temperance, goodness. When you look at your life and you see none of those, I see hate, I see sorrow. I see impatience. 
You can say all you want that you're an apple tree. You're growing oranges. Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. What about that next step of faith? What about forgiving that person? What about the bitterness you've been holding on to that the Lord is talking to you about right now? You're going to tell him tomorrow? Are you guaranteed tomorrow? Doesn't tomorrow mean another day of sin and sorrow today? Even if tomorrow comes, won't you find yourself more hard-hearted tomorrow than you are today? So why not today? The Lord works today. That's why he's speaking to you today. Will you answer today? Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.